Let's go talk to Graham Couch, Couch of the Rube podcast. Search that wherever you download podcasts. Also, opinion maker for the Lansing State Journal and his Twitter feed, uh, Couch, uh, the way it's spelled. When you buy a couch and you pay for it and you see C-O-U-C-H, that's it on Twitter, Graham. Like Graham Cracker, but Graham Couch. I didn't call him Graham Cracker. <laughs> Graham Couch. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many how often I use that to help spellings when I'm calling somebody. I'm like Graham, like the cracker couch, like yeah. Thank you. I do want to say. Hey, joining us is Graham Cracker. Okay, yeah, I wasn't. Gonna, <laughs> I just want to kind of make sure people are going. Did you just call him a cracker? No, I meant to say like the spelling for his Twitter. All right, uh, uh, the piling on is oh that he's complaining so much lately that. Uh, they're blaming the officials, not the players. Uh, your thoughts on that before we get started? Well, I mean, Izzo does. I mean, that's one of his things is to complain. He's going <laughs> to he's going to complain every year, uh, be it the schedule or, or or things like that. And that's that's fine. I mean, he's I think he's happiest when he's grumpy about something. Uh, if that makes any sense, you know, I, the Zach Eady thing. You know, I get it because it's frustrating because it's hard to stop him. <laughs> he's really good. And I think people are coming around to how good he's become. And, you know, he's pr- probably the, the national player of the year, the best player in college basketball. He's, he's, you know, most people don't have an answer for him. And there are a lot of – most coaches, you know, have a different answer on how to try to best stop him. And so it, it, it's frustrating. And so you, you turn to things. But if you look at the three seconds, there are a lot of times – He's got one foot out of the lane. You know, it's not technically three seconds. I'm sure there are sometimes it doesn't get it doesn't get called. But but ultimately, it comes down to most people don't have a seven foot four, two hundred ninety pound skilled guy who can hit free throws at nearly eighty percent. And so, how do you deal with that? And um, there there is no great answer. I mean, I think if Michigan State plays them, I think Michigan State made a mistake at Purdue going away from what they did the first time somewhat successfully, which was just playing straight up, even though he had 32 points and 17 rebounds. They, you know, they lose by, by one in, in Breslin. The other thing you do if you face a kid like that, again, in Michigan State is probably grateful that they're, they're probably done with him for the year, but if they see him in the Big Ten tournament or somehow in the NCAA tournament, I would make him defend somebody who can shoot. And I would, if you're going to give up 38 points, might as well make Joey Hauser your center and, and you know play an offense that – makes him deal with Hauser or Malik Hall and makes him a liability defensively. Because um, uh, you really, if you're, you're giving up that many points anyway, which, which, you know, what's the defensive advantage of having an actual center in there? Graham Couch from the Lansing State Journal, Couch of the Rube podcast, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, Michigan State, I said this yesterday, I thought if they win the remaining home games, uh, they're in the tournament, maybe have to steal one road win or one win in the Big Ten tournament. What do you think they need to do the rest of the way uh, to hear their name on Selection Sunday and get into the NCAA tournament? Yeah, not not a whole lot. I mean, their overall resume is is decent enough that they're you know ten ten and ten for them. Not for everybody in the Big Ten, but for them, given the quality of the Big Ten and how uh, deep it is, and the credit you get for winning a lot of those games, ten and ten will get them in. They just got to win four more. Um, and that's going into the Big Ten tournament. That, that's just to be a, in the tournament, I think, safely. I, I think for this team, what they want to do is, 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 and they still have a chance to, if, you know, if they play well and, and continue to grow and stay healthy, and is 
you know, chase something more in the, the, the five or six seed line, which would be sort of, I think, their ceiling in terms of seeding. Um, and, you know, be in a position where, you know, you set yourself up if you're playing well to have a better shot at a, uh, at a run to try to get to the second weekend. And, and, and because I, I do think, you know, it, it's funny, I just actually wrote a column about this today um, because I felt like yesterday was a little bit of a uh, deflating moment for MSU fans with this particular team. And I think the two Sundays in a row, the, the Indiana game and then this, where there's sort of this. It, it, lends to the inclination that this team doesn't have a chance to do anything special. And they are not, in terms of the high-end, most talented team out there. But, you know, if you look at the what was being written by me and other people in February of 2020, which, you know, obviously that tournament got canceled, but they were playing amazing at the, at the very end of the year, February of 2019, uh, February of 2015, which was a final four-year, just – Nobody saw this coming much later. Those were teams that didn't have a lot more going for them in certain ways, um, and some in some cases less going for them. They, they wound up having really great finishes. So I think there's, you know, you, you can we can react too much to to, to one game and one situation. And I still think this is a team that's only lost one game indoors all year that Malik Hall has finished. I mean, that's you know, it's you know, one game without wind that Malik Hall hasn't uh, you know hasn't finished. And so <laughs> let's see what the uh, see what the See what they grow into. I think what they have going for them is while they don't have a guy, not everybody has a Zach Eady, but even a guy who's a superstar who really you, every night is a problem. Um, they have four or five guys who can get rolling. And you really need three guys rolling to get anywhere in college hoops most, for most teams. So they have, they have more guys, more seasoned, uh, talented players than most teams um, and so they just need to get to that point where they're, they're playing really well together, and I think uh, they can be a problem for a lot of teams. Yeah, I'm looking at their finishing schedule at Rutgers, Maryland at home, at Ohio State, Minnesota at home, at Michigan. Uh, you really look at uh, that schedule and you think, you know, get Maryland and Minnesota home wins, uh, maybe win at Michigan because then you get number 21 Indiana at home, at Iowa, at Nebraska, that could be a road win to get you to ten and ten. I agree with you, five hundred in conference play, with how deep the Big Ten is and state when they're playing well. And I love the indoor outdoor reference, Graham. Uh, that you know, take away the aircraft carrier came and the wind and outdoors versus indoors when they're healthy, uh, when they're playing well, they're really more like a top fifteen, top sixteen, four like five seed, but. When they're not, uh, they look like that unranked team they were before the season started. Yeah, they really need Hogard because he, to me, he's the key. Like they have guys, Malik Hall is, is an incredibly helpful player. You see the plus minuses of a lot of guys. Like, analytically, he, he just really changes them. Um, I think Jay Nakins having him in terms of their athleticism is really important. And then you have Hauser and Tyson Walker who can have games where they just shoot really well and they're, they're capable of 25, 30 points on a given night here and there. And, and you know, in a one-game tournament scenario, that they're, they're really dangerous in that. But the guy who creates everything, the guy that makes them different, the guy that coaches fear is, is, is A.J. Hogard. And then Painter, Matt Painter brought this up yesterday. I mean, uh, Hogard actually had a pretty good second half, I think 13 points, five assists just in the second half. When he gets downhill and he's creating, he's kind of the guy who can elevate their ceiling. And... And that's the guy that they need to be consistent and really good. And everything else around him, 
will will, will take care of itself if, if if he's that. I think so. Uh, to me, a lot of their ceiling, you know, is is that. I think one of the things that's been a little alarming the last two Sundays on the road is one thing I thought that this team showed well a lot, uh, quite a bit, and, and is early is they they were so seasoned and they had some guys that late in games they were going to win some games that other teams won't. And they haven't really shown that sort of poise uh, in the last couple of weeks, and so they need to they need to regain that. Be a better road team. They need to, you know, the center position is going to be what it's going to be, and that's you know that's never going to be their their strength. So they've got to find a way to um, to play around that a little bit. Graham College, College of the Root podcast, also opinion maker for the Lansing State Journal, uh, joining us talking Michigan State and Big Ten. Uh, hoops. When you look at the Big Ten right now, obviously Purdue being the number one team in America, they haven't lost on the road in Big Ten play yet, but there's still something about them away from Mackey where when you get to these neutral sites, they, they don't look like your typical number one college basketball team I've seen over the years. Well, what's interesting about Purdue is they do rely on freshman guards, although, you know, both Braden Smith and, uh, no, no, uh, and um, Fletcher Lawyer are really good players. They know their roles well, but you're right. They, I mean, they rely. I mean, Edie is what what makes them special. Um, but he is <laughs> he's really difficult to deal with, and they don't uh, they don't I don't know. They just seem to understand who they are, and as long as they stay that way, and he stays healthy, and their shooters stay healthy, it, it's a really it's a really tough out. It's a difficult game. It's a it's a different game than. And yeah, you're right. The history though says Purdue will blow it somehow. I mean, they usually do. They have. I'm beginning to think Edie is different than we see most years. Like, I'm very curious with him in the NBA, right? The NBA has pretty much given up on big men like uh, most of the guys who come through the Big Ten. They don't want anything to do with them. That's why Hunter Dickinson's still in college, even though he's a really good college player. Edie might just be big enough and skilled enough for his size that they're going to want to look at him. What, what, how effective can he be at the next level? And, you know, and, and be, so I'm very curious to see what the, what the NBA thinks of him. And I think I'm starting to come around to the idea. He's just gotten a lot better in the two years that he's just that, he's just that special that, that, that Purdue may, may get someplace. I do think the big 10 though, you're right. When you talk about how deep the big 10 is, I was looking at something today when I was looking at previous teams like this, that we looked at in February for Michigan state that weren't, uh, that were struggling and then went on to great years. There were years Michigan State was on the bubble, and they had a better record than they do now, but there were like eight teams in the Big Ten in those years that would be in the bottom two or three of this Big Ten. And it is just such a ferocious league in that sense, and, and I hope for the Big Ten's sake that that plays out in the postseason, that even if they have a number of teams that are seven through ten seeds, there are some upsets and other things. Because I do think that outside of the top ten, Nobody, I mean, the, the the 10th team in the Big Ten is as good as just about everybody outside of the top 10 in college basketball this year. Their numbers just aren't going to look that way because of, of who they're playing night in and night out. Yeah, I've watched a lot of college basketball. I thought Texas for a while looked like a potential national champion, and they had the Beard coaching situation. They're different now. Uh, man, I, I, you know, Purdue, I, they're number one. Uh, there's not that ACC power team. Maybe Vod Tech a little bit. That I like. I think they could be a, a potential Final Four team. It's, it's really a kind of a strange year uh, in college basketball, so we'll see how it plays out. Graham Couch, Couch in the Room podcast, Lansing State Journal. Uh, Graham Couch on Twitter. Always appreciate your huge opinions, my man. 
Anytime. Enjoy the conversation. Take care. All right, Graham Couch checking in on the Meyer guest line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with Michigan State University Athletics.